for your word tonight. We thank you for this opportunity to, to come and hear your word. We value this time. This is not something that we just do by religious practice or ritual, Father. This isn't something that we do because we don't have anything else going on, uh, Father. But we thank you that this is an opportunity that we have to get into your word, which is life. Your word is life to us. Your word brings peace. Your word brings comfort to us. Everything else that we hear in this world offers us nothing but anxiety and worry and fear. But, Father, we get to hear the one thing that brings life and peace to us. So I thank you, Father, that we value this time. We learn from your word tonight as we study through it. We thank you that these are the words of God, not the words of man. So they contain all your power, all your resource that we need to live a fulfilled life in the kingdom of God. I thank you for every person here that has made the sacrifice tonight to be here on a Wednesday night. I thank you that you will honor that sacrifice by giving them everything they've come to receive tonight. We thank you for what you're going to do through your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to wrap up tonight our spiritual growth series. Um, Just going to wrap it up. We're going to kind of do a quick review here up top. And then what I want to do tonight is I want to give you practical ways that in your life you can begin to grow up spiritually. Uh, You know, a lot of things that we hear in church and see in church, um, sometimes they can just, uh, they sound right and they look right. And when we get home Monday morning, Thursday morning, we get up and we're like, okay, now how do I do what I just heard last night? How do I put to practice everything that I That was just spoken. And so I want to give us some practical tips, just some practical ways that over your course of your spiritual walk, that we can begin to identify, this is how I grow up spiritually. This is what I need to do. This is what I need to be hearing. This is what I need to be around. And uh, hopefully that'll get us on a course to begin to, to walk out and continue to grow in our spiritual walk. I want to make a few statements, just kind of reviewing Uh, where we're at and what we've been talking about. We've identified through 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, that every man, every person that's ever been created on the face of the planet is a three-part being. You are a spirit. That is who you are. You are not what we see on the outside, okay? Because one day what we see on the outside is going to pass away, and there's something on the inside called your spirit, man, that's going to continue to exist in another realm, either heaven or in hell. So you are a spirit. You possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. You are a spirit. You possess a soul, and you live in a body. These are your three parts. Here's the thing. We can develop any part of our life, any part of our existence, any one of those three parts of our body, of our, uh, our makeup, to a greater or lesser degree. I can develop my physical body to a greater or lesser degree. I can develop my soul realm, my intellect, my will, or my emotions uh, to a greater or lesser degree. I can develop my spirit man to a greater or lesser degree. That's the first thing we saw. We can develop any part of our existence to a greater or lesser degree. Secondly, we saw that this development, this growth, does not take place by accident. 
And this is the factor that we've come into beginning to realize because a lot of us just feel we come into the kingdom, we've said the prayer, and now, you know what, I just go to church and open my Bible a few times and pray, you know, when things are really bad, and I'm growing, and that's just not the case. Because growth and strengthening and development only comes by determined decisions in your life, the choices that you make. And so we've got to begin to find out, what do I need to do to help myself grow and develop? What do I need to do to strengthen myself spiritually? Because I know I'm giving myself the right attention physically, because we're developed, we're maturing. I know that I'm uh, giving myself the right attention intellectually, or my will, or my emotional side, developing that, strengthening that. But what about my spirit man? Because my spirit man is not going to develop by accident. I'm not going to grow up spiritually just because I said a prayer. Now there's some work. Now there's some responsibility on my part to begin to grow up and to begin to develop. We know that God's necessity, God's demand for us as believers is to grow and is to develop. And now when we say, you know, what does spiritual growth look like? What does that mean, I'm growing spiritually? A lot of people like to put it this way, uh, I'm walking closer with God. I feel like I'm walking closer with God. I'm growing in my knowledge of things of God. Uh, some people like to put it this way, what God wants, I know that he wants. And that's kind of what we've been talking about in our series that we just started on Sunday um, on God's will. And we know that God wants something for our lives. The problem is, is we don't know what God wants for our lives. And so we've got to go on this course of trying to discover that. But people that feel like they know God's will, they feel like they know what he wants to, for them to do in their lives, they're in tune with that, they feel that they are spiritually grown up, spiritually strong. But Paul, beginning in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you should already be there by now, in verse 1 he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. He identifies that if you are not grown up spiritually, you are still a baby. Where does he get this term from? Well, we know over in John chapter 3, when Jesus was talking with Nicodemus, he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. So the third principle that we saw was that we all begin on the same level spiritually as babies. There is no one that comes into the kingdom and they already have more Bible knowledge than someone else. There is no uh, person that comes into the kingdom and they already have more self-control to hold off the flesh and only do the things God wants them to do automatically. Everyone starts out at the same level as a spiritual baby in Christ. Now, he says babes in Christ because he wants you to be reminded you're still in Christ. Even though you might do some stupid things that look like the world, you're in Christ, which means you have the ability. Now we just need to strengthen that. We need to mature that and grow up in it. Verse 2, he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. So the fourth thing that we identified was that Paul keys in on your diet as depending on what level spiritually you're at. And so we took some time to look at the diet. We took some time to begin, begin to look at what we're taking in, what we need to take in, and what we don't need to take in. Because there's good diets and there's bad diets. 
Then there's diets for specific types of training. You know, we talked about it last week. I could have a football player, a swimmer, a runner, a UFC fighter, and a bodybuilder all sitting here in the front row. And I'm going to promise you, each one of them has a different type of training. Each one of them has a different type of diet. Each one of them has a different type of exercise, although they're developing for their thing specifically. And so as believers, we've got to understand what diet we need to be taking in, what diet we don't need to be taking in. What things are going to be harmful to us, what things are going to slow our growth, and what things are going to be helpful to us, what things are going to excel our growth in the kingdom. So next we see that he identifies uh, the diet. For you are still carnal. Now watch this. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? This is interesting. Because Paul is able to identify their spiritual growth, their spiritual development, based upon outward actions. Now this in the church, we've adapted this thing called, don't judge me. But Paul is doing here exactly what a lot of church people don't want people to do. Don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. And Paul is identifying I can tell that you are still a spiritual baby because of the actions that are taking place in your life, because of your lifestyle, because of what you're doing on the outside. He identifies natural, carnal, outward actions. He doesn't say, the Holy Spirit told me you're still spiritual babies. He doesn't say, I had a vision from God, an angel came and spoke to me last night. He says, "You're, you're still envious. You're operating in strife. There's divisions among you. He identifies natural, outward actions. So we should be able to tell our spiritual growth level by what's happening on the outside. Now with that, there's no condemnation. Because Romans 8 verse 1, Paul wrote that book too. And he said, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Well, where did he say these believers were at? For you are still babes in Christ. You're still in Christ. There's no condemnation. He's not trying to condemn the Corinthian church and say, man, you all are just a bunch of sorry losers. No, he's saying, look, you ought to be at this level, but we haven't applied something. We haven't lived by something. I came, I fed you with milk, and you ought to be able to be on, take, uh, take on some meat by now, but we're not there yet. And so he's just simply identifying our spiritual level where we're at. We need to be further, and they always show a necessity. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11, same thing. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain. Why? Because you're dual of hearing. Not because it's hard for me to explain. Not because God hasn't released me. Not because I haven't figured it all out yet. Not because I'm still learning it. No, he says, I can't explain it to you because you have become Dull of hearing. The hearer, not the giver. The hearer, not the teacher. We know Jesus had the same issue with his very own disciples. There's, there's many more things I want to give to you. There's much more I'd like to be able to minister to you right now, but you're not able to bear it. And so the fifth thing that we saw out of spiritual growth is that our spiritual growth level determines what we can receive. Because the diet can either be milk to you or it can be meat. Who determines that? You do. 
See, there's not certain verses in here that some are milk and some are meat. But one day, a verse might be milk to you, but as you grow and you learn and you begin to process, that same verse will become meat to you. John 3.16, very simple verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We all know that one. For a lot of people, that's milk. But you know there's actually meat in there? There's meat in that same verse. And what determines if you receive the meat of it is your growth level and your growth process. There's many more things God wants to say. God doesn't need to write another book. He doesn't need to, you know what, the, the stuff that's in here, they've just grown beyond that. I need to go, let's get another one past Revelations. Let's, let's write some more stuff. No, he's got milk in here and he's got meat in here. And what determines if you get the milk or the meat of it is your level of spiritual growth and development. And so as we grow, that will determine what we get out of God's word. And notice uh, let's keep going. Verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, once again, the writer, who many believe is Paul, it's not confirmed, but he sure is sounding a lot like the one that wrote 1 Corinthians, didn't he? For by this time, you should be able to, but you can't. Same conversation here. By this time, you ought to be teachers, yet you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk, not solid food. Sounds just like 1 Corinthians 3. Once again, identifying, there is the necessity, this is not an optional thing. This isn't, well, if you feel like growing, if you feel like maturing, if God has placed that gift upon you, maturing and growing is not a, a gift. It's not an option. It's a necessity for every believer. It's a necessity. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, when we looked at milk and we looked at meat, there were a few things that we said. Milk are, are the foundational elementary, elementary truths of the word of God. The fundamental elements. The basic stuff. We put it this way. Uh, milk will tell you what something is. But milk is not going to tell you how something works. As a child, I can show uh, you know, a, a four or five-year-old a flashlight. And I'll say, what is that? And they'll say, oh, it's a flashlight. And then I'll say, how does it work? And depending on their level of growth, level of development, they might be able to tell me, well, you hit this switch and it comes on. They might be able to tell me, well, there's batteries in here that power it, and then there's wire. And then they might actually be able to tell me how light works. But that all comes with further development. They can easily label, that's a flashlight, but maybe not tell me what the flashlight does. Well, this is what milk does. For a lot of believers at the early stages in growth, you know what the cross is. But maybe we don't know all the ins and outs of how the cross works. We know what grace is, but we don't know how grace works. We know what prayer is, but we don't exactly know how prayer works, or how to pray, or how to use prayer. You see what I'm saying? That's the fundamental, basic, elementary principle of something. But then when we get into the meat of the word, now it begins to tell you the why, begins to tell you the how, 
and it begins to give you more of the function of something rather than just the, the essence of something, rather than just the, oh, I have it here. Now I know what the cross does for me. Now I know how the cross works for me. Now I know why the cross is there. I know what the cross is. Oh, yeah, Jesus died on that for our sin. Well, how? And then they might be able to tell you, well, he took all of our sins on him. And go a little deeper and go a little further. And we can always go deeper in the word. That's the most exciting thing about it. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 that the word is active. Active. What does that mean? That means it can tell you one thing today and tell you something completely different tomorrow. And then we said this about the meat of the word. That the meat of the word, uh, when it builds on that foundation, it will not take you away from the foundation. If you hear something that takes you away from the foundation that was laid in your life, it's probably wrong. One of the two is wrong. Either the foundation is wrong or what's being built is wrong. And there's many times that we run into people that have their foundations improperly laid. I mean, a, a thought process, healing is not for today, that was only for Jesus' ministry, that's a wrong foundation. And you build on that, and it will sink. And everything you build on that will crumble and fall. But when you build on the right foundation, which Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is Jesus, that's who we're building on. Who's Jesus? The Word of God. And when you build on his, on his Word, it should not take you... There should be nothing that I hear today that should make me uh, change anything I thought before as far as the foundational principles. See, when I heard the kingdom message, it altered a lot of stuff in my life. But it did not make me take away from Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And if I receive him into my heart, he will become my Lord and my Savior. It did not take me away from baptism of the Holy Spirit. It did not take me away from healing. It did not take me away from what I believed about prayer. The foundation was laid, and then I built on top of that foundation. And the lens came and said, oh, wow, now I understand. See, when you learn the meat of the word, it should make you go, oh, that's why. I mean, when you think back through some of the series that we've done, I know for me, when we did that series last year on prayer, it's like every time I read something, every time I was studying for that thing, every single time my reaction was, oh, that's why we pray. <laughs> what did it do? I knew what prayer was. Now I needed to learn why? Now I needed to learn how. And that's what it should do. You ever watched a movie and all through the end there's just been confusing parts and then you get to the very end of the movie and you go, oh, that's why he did that. That's why he did, that's why they went there. Ever seen a movie like that? That's what growing in the word of God should be like for you. Oh, that's why he took stripes on his back. Oh, that's why he's coming back for a holy church. Oh, that's why he gave man dominion on the earth. We see what's happening. We're growing in the word, and we keep having this reaction of, oh, that's why. That should be happening in your life all the time. And as you grow and as you develop, oh, that's why he didn't want them to have a king. Because he was king. Because God is a king. 
That's how the word should work, okay? And so that's how the milk of the word and the meat of the word operates in our lives. So tonight, I just want to give you some, a few key pointers. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Just lay this one last foundational verse. And then I just want to give you, I've got three things written down. If a few more come up, we'll go with it. But How many of you, this has been a great series for you? It's really opened your eyes to some stuff that, wow, you know what? Uh, I, I need to continue to grow in that. I need to continue to develop in that. I hope it has. <clears throat> and in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 11, it says, He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, once again, that word perfect means mature, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, not the halfness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doc doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body. For the edifying of itself in love. Remember we said that your personal individual growth and development helps the overall growth and development of the church. You don't want to be the one that's hindering the growth of the body. We all want to grow. We all want to develop. I, I thank God today I'm not a 30-year-old man standing before you with an arm of a 4-year-old. That would be a problem. I thank God that my entire body developed, my entire, every joint, every bone, every muscle, every ligament, every organ developed properly and matured together. And so our individual growth helps the overall growth of the church. And notice, God's, one of God's most important desires for man is that we grow up spiritually. Many people just stop at being born. But how many of you had babies? How many of you moms had babies? Or how many of you know people that had babies and just left them in the hospital? I had a baby. Isn't that exciting? Where is it? It's there. I mean, if it's going to grow and develop, I'm sure one day it'll, you know, I'll put, a, I'll put a bottle in there. No, babies need care to be cared for, nurtured, be taken care of hand and foot for a while. And helped until one day they hold their bottle. One day they grab a fork and a spoon. One day they are able to go to the bathroom by themselves. One day they're able to put on their own clothes. One day they're able to do their own homework. One day they're able to clean their own room. One day they're able to drive their own car. One day they're able to get their own job. One day they're able to get their own family. But it all starts out by being nurtured and cared for, not left there. But we do that a lot with a lot of baby Christians. We get them in the kingdom. We have 304 coming to the kingdom. What's their phone number? Uh, 
what are we doing with the baby Christians? We got to keep a growth pattern going. We got to keep them moving forward in the things of God. I want to talk about three things real quick. These are things that you can do in your life, begin to identify in your life that this is going to help me grow. The first thing that I want to point out is start out small. Just simply start out small. No matter what it is, if it's reading the word, if it's prayer, one of the biggest things that overwhelms us, and just about all these, I'm going to be able to pull in a natural example in our own lives of how these work. But one of the biggest things that overwhelms us is we see people that are doing much more than we are. And we say, that's a spiritual person, I want to be that. And what's the first thing we do? We get discouraged, not encouraged. And then we end up not picking anything up. People do this in the natural. They see someone, you know, that they go and, and, and sign up for a class, to, to maybe an exercise class or a weight loss program or something, and they see someone that's, you know, skin and bones and just, you know, 0% body fat, and you're like, I can't ever look like that, I'm going home. That's not encouraging. That's discouraging. I can't ever look like that. And you're trying to, you know, lose 50 pounds in one sitting when that person's been doing that for years and for years and for years and practice and practice and practice and training and training and training. So the biggest thing is start out small. We've heard it before. It's cliche. Everybody starts out somewhere. Everybody begins somewhere. Everybody does. I don't care how much you're benching today. There was one day where you had to start out with a 45 on each side. And I don't care if you're able to put four of them on each side. One day you could only do the bar and a 45 on each side. And maybe even less than that. What? Everybody starts out on the same level. Well, spiritually, it's the same thing. You see someone that, you know, they're able to go and just pray for an hour. And it's like no, nobody's business. You're thinking... Golly, after 10 minutes, I've run out of things to say. I'm praying the same thing. I'm that guy that Jesus said, don't be repetitious with your prayers. I'm that guy. <laughs> this guy, I mean, he read the whole Bible in a year, and I can't even make it past the second day of January. And we see them where they're at today, and we don't keep in mind that they had to start somewhere. Everyone starts somewhere. So start out small. Don't discourage yourself and try, I'm going to sit down for two hours today, I'm just going to pray. You're not going to do much. I'm just going to go ahead and let you know. That's like me trying to get under 300 pounds of weight on a bench state. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it today. I'm, I'm going to go. And I haven't lifted more than 200 in my life. Where am I going to get the strength to do the other 100? It doesn't make sense. Yet we try to apply this stuff spiritually, and then when we can't do it, I just, you know what? Some people can do that Bible reading stuff. Some people are studiers and some people are. I'm not that guy. I don't understand anything. I can't even stay. I, I'm, I'm ready to go, you know, uh, you know get, on the internet and do, get on the Internet and do something different. I, I can't even concentrate anymore. Start out small. I'm going to read for 10 minutes. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for five minutes today. Five minutes straight. And that might seem like, oh, that's just so small. It's just so far from an hour. But you watch what happens. You watch what happens. Because I've never seen anybody naturally or spiritually that's training for a specific thing, no matter where they start out, stay there when they're doing everything right. 
When you're eating right, when you're dieting right, when you're working out and exercising right, you will lose the weight. You will get stronger. You will meet your goal. It's the same thing spiritually. When you're praying every day with a fervent, heartfelt prayer like the Bible says, whether it's five minutes or five hours, you watch what happens. And people ask me, how can I learn to pray more? Pray. Let me tell you the two biggest things with prayer and reading the Word. You want to do more of it? Just do it. Because both of them operate off of hunger. Both do. Prayer and reading the Word. If you want to do more of it, then you've got to do some of it. That's good. If you want to do more of it, you've got to do some of it. And sometimes we quit before we even do some of it. And we just have this goal of wanting to do more of it. I was talking to Caleb today. I said, you know why I eat ice cream today? Because at one point in my life when I was real young, somebody gave me ice cream. And it was so delicious, I said, I've got to have more of that. <laughs> and that's the way the word is. You know why I read my Bible today? Because at one point in my life, I started to read my Bible and I realized I've got to have more of that. Nobody starts out. We just said everyone starts out on the same level. Nobody starts out just, I mean, you know, you, uh, for me, you know, I grew up around Kenneth E. Hagin and hearing his messages and hearing about his life. And this guy would stay up all night in prayer. His son said that he would go to sleep and see his dad sitting in the chair reading the Bible, wake up in the morning, and his dad would be in the same position still reading the Bible. I mean, if you don't feel like a spiritual weakling after hearing that, you're thinking, I might as well just go on to heaven. I'm not doing anything down here for the kingdom of God. Just go ahead and take me on in, Lord. Uh, apparently, I am useless and invaluable. But I promise you, he had to start somewhere. promise you, he opened up a Bible and read a few verses. And the next day, read a little more. And the next day, and the next week, and the next month, and the next year. And he developed himself to that point. And so we've got to start out small. Secondly, and this is a big one, know the difference between a supplement and your regular diet. Know the difference between a supplement and a regular diet. A supplement is something you add to your diet. It should not be your diet. For example, when I train, I take supplements. I, tra I take creatine, I take protein, I take certain kinds of vitamins, I get glutamine, I take certain things. But if I were to just take those things, hey, you hungry? No, I'm good. I had a protein shake today. That's all you've had today? Yeah, man. That's all I need. No, that is a supplement. That's something you add to your regular diet. And so we've got to understand when we're growing up spiritually, don't replace your diet with a supplement. Oh, I was on Twitter today and I followed a bunch of pastors and, you know, they had a bunch of good words. That's, that's, all, that's all I need. No, no. The Bible says that the word of God is your milk and it's that's your meat. I watched Creflo Dollar today. It was awesome. That's sorry, that's a supplement. That's something you add to the ministry of the word. Where do you go to church? Oh, I just watch it online. <laughs> it's a big one today. 
Hey, I'm not going to lie. There's mornings where I'd like to just stay in my PJs, get a cup of coffee, go back to bed, pull the laptop in and say, I'm going to church. But there's so many elements that are missing. It says the body does its share. You're not sharing much. <laughs> You're not doing much of your share. Hey, where's Mr. Uh, Sister So-and-so? Oh, they were, I think they stayed in today. I think they were just going to stay in and you know, just watch it online. Man, they were such an asset to the body this morning. Did you see how awesome they worked with those kids? That was great. And, and, and then brother so-and-so, man, he was so good at ushering. No, you did nothing for the body of Christ today. You were a taker and not a giver. That's not a, that is not a diet plan. That's a supplement. You can add that to regular church attendance. Books. There's people today that replace certain authors in certain books, uh, replace the Bible with certain authors in certain books. Oh, man, did you hear what this one person said? Is that biblically correct? Oh, I, I don't know, but, man, he's awesome. If it ain't in the Bible, I don't care. I don't care how big his church is. I don't care how many of, of his books he sold. If it's not biblically sound, that is a supplement. Not the actual diet. There are believers today that they will just literally make a diet off of watching someone on the internet and reading their book and never even open the Bible. They'll take a protein shake and never eat a full course meal. You have to understand what the difference is between a supplement and a diet. And you have to do your diet, and you can add supplements to that, but the diet is the core. The diet remains the same. Be in the Word. Go to church. Spend time with your Heavenly Father. That's your regular diet. And then you can add to that. And I'm telling you right now, when you do the diet properly, the supplements will add to not hinder your diet. You can't tell me you're, you're taking a regular diet if you tell me that you just stay at home and watch church on the internet all day long or every week. Your supplement is hindering your diet, not helping your diet. It's not adding to. So we've got to be able to understand the difference between a supplement and a diet. There are believers that have literally stunted their growth spiritually because they are fixed on supplements and they're not on any proper diet. And they think they're growing and they're not. I remember we have a, a, a pastor down, the, the new uh, children's pastor down in St. Augustine. Uh, he told me one time in high school, uh, he, he was real skinny, still a pretty small guy, kind of like me, but in high school, he was, you know, real skinny. And so his mom bought him some protein shakes, bought him protein powder to, to mix with milk, and you drink it every day, you drink it like three times a day. And um, he didn't know that you're supposed to work out <laughs> while you're on them. So he's not working out. He's taking three of these shakes a day, and he just blew up. He blew up. It worked. But he went the opposite direction. What did he do? He forgot the main part, was the regular diet and the regular exercise. And so he just blew up. i tell you right now, we have a lot of, uh, this is the other side, we have a lot of spiritually fat Christians. 
spiritually fat Christians. Because what happens when you just take in a lot and you don't do anything? It's what happens. And so spiritually, we have a lot of people that are just taking in, taking in, taking in, taking in. I watched this person on TV. I listened to this message online. I listened to this worship CD. I read this book. I went to this church. Then I went to this church. And they're just spiritually fat, and they're not doing anything. They're not applying anything. There's no regular exercise involved. So what have they done? They have grown in the wrong direction off of the supplement instead of growing properly, developing properly on the right diet. So do not get... Uh, supplements in your regular diet confused. We, know, need, we need to know the difference. Thirdly, get around others that are growing. This, I would say, is probably the biggest one. The largest one. Get around others that are growing. Get around others that are spiritually developing in the Word. Get around others that have a desire to grow. It is amazing what your company and how your company will influence you. You get around people that don't care for God. You get around people that don't want anything to do with Him. You get around people that uh, don't care about reading the Bible and only question why you read it and why you spend so much time, waste so much time reading the Bible. And if you're not careful, you keep that kind of company, you'll become just like them. One of the greatest hindrances for people uh, and the reason why they don't stay with a target goal if they're training or if they're losing weight or whatever it is, is because they get around people that are just as lethargic as them, just as lazy as them. You're not going to get around a lazy person and they're going to inspire you to grow. Never seen it happen. You're not going to get around people that don't care about working out and don't care about, uh, you know, growing and, and developing and strengthening. Uh, and, and that's not going to encourage you to say, man, I'm, I'm so inspired. I'm going to the gym. <laughs> Just doesn't happen. Because all you've heard is hear them say, man, I hate the gym. I never want to step foot in the gym. I don't care about working out. And you're thinking, why, why should I even bother? What? They're doing just fine. But then you get around people that love to work out. You get around people that love and have a passion for uh, developing. Those are the people you want to be around because they're going to inspire you and spur you on to want to do the same. Spiritually, get or don't, do not hang around dead, dry, spiritual people. Do not make that your regular company. I'll tell you right now, you can encourage them and you can inspire them without having to constantly be around them. Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them in the gym. You just watch. I'm going to get them in the gym. Spiritually, I've seen that work backwards more than forwards. The Bible already says do not be unequally yoked. I mean, for those type of relationships, that, I mean, you don't want to be unequally yoked. You don't want to be, nobody wants to be, nobody that has a desire and a passion to grow for God wants to be yoked with someone that doesn't care anything for God. That's the worst. That, that, that literally is the worst. I try to caution people before they get married and when they're choosing their spouse, 
If, if, if they don't love God the way you love God, you're going to have a problem for the rest of your life. Period. Do not marry that person. I don't care how beautiful they are. I don't care how they take care of you. I don't care what they do for you. I don't care how much money they make. I don't care all the things they promise. If they don't love God the way you love God, you're going to have a problem. And I promise you, you're going to be the one that's going to lose out, not them. Well, if it doesn't work in five years, well, give me a break. If you, if you already have that mindset, then get out now. The example I like to give people is, you know, if I'm standing on this chair and, you know, say Caleb's down here on the floor and I'm going to try, who, who's going to have an easier time, me lifting him up or him bringing me down? You might be higher now, but they're going to have an easier time bringing you down to their level than you are up to their level. Happens every time. Get away from dead, dry people. Now, that doesn't mean have nothing to do with them. Well, I work with a bunch of dead, dry people. Good. You're there to make influence on dead, dry people and bring some salt and some light into that world and change it. But that doesn't mean hang out with them to where their desires become your desires. Man, I wish I could just go home and watch TV. Like, I mean, they're going home watching that season finale tonight, and i got to go to church. i got to read my Bible. i got to read my Bible reading plan. Oh, they're just, they're going out to eat at Taco Bell, and I got I to gotta go to the gym. I mean, I told this guy I'd go to the gym with him. I, said, I don't know, I'll just rather go to Taco Bell. Yeah, it's always easier to come down than it is to bring someone up. And the company we keep, whether we realize it or not, they are influencing us. And God has called us to be influencers, not to be influenced. The biggest problem the Israelites happened when they got into the promised land. They didn't influence anymore. They became influenced. Hanging out with the Philistines. Marrying Philistine women. You have no business marrying Philistine women. You're supposed to be changing them. You're supposed to go in there. You're supposed to change the Amalekites. You're supposed to change the Midianites. You're supposed to change the Philistines. Instead... You're worshiping their, their idols. You're living like they are. You're eating what they eat. You're sacrificing what they're sacrificing, and you're living with them. You became influence rather than went in there to influence. And so we've got to change what's around us. But for our own spiritual growth and development, do not expect to grow in development if that's the company you keep. They will bring you down. You will not bring them up. First of all, you better make sure you're strong enough to do that. If I've only been working out for a week and only been in the gym for a week, I'm not going to go hang out with someone that has no care. I'm going to go find the person that's got a passion for the gym, a passion for working out, someone that has proven results, and I want to be around them so I can become like them. Spiritually, I want to get around people that, and this is huge, get around people that know more than you do. one, we don't know it all. I watch, listen, and, 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 and hang around people that are going to bring me up, not bring me down. 
And that's the biggest key, because if Caleb has a desire to get to my level, then he can begin to start a process of getting to where I'm at. But if he has no passion for that, and he's going the opposite direction, got a problem. Don't let people that are in that lifestyle and have no passion for Jesus get you to their level. And I've seen it happen so many times. Get someone, they start going to church, they start coming, they start growing, start developing. But every time they get around someone that does not care about God. And before you know it, they don't care about God. They begin to slip. They begin to slide. They begin to fall away. If you would have just kept your ground and said, you know, I'm only going to stay around people that are going to help grow, mature, and develop me, then you'll grow and you'll develop. You'll mature. These are practical ways that in your life you can begin to identify your spiritual growth and make sure that you're growing and you're developing. That's huge. We've got to grow up spiritually. We've got to apply the principles of the Word of God. We've got to live by the principles of the Word of God. And you want to get around people that are going to live by those same principles. You want to be uh, yoked together with people. I had someone tell me one time, you know, I'm going into, uh, I'm starting this business, but the person that I'm going into business with, uh, you know, they're not a Christian. And I said, man, you, you know, you, you got to assess. You got to know. And you better know that you know. That you're either strong enough to take that person on and know that you can stand your ground or don't go into it. Well, is that what the Bible means by being unequally yoked? Unequally yoked, the Bible is specifically talking about a, a marriage relationship. Specifically what the Bible is talking about. But the principle carries across. I, all I know, I don't want to be unequally yoked with someone that is a, a, an unbeliever in a business. Or in any, any type of relationship like that. I don't want to be caught up in that because I don't want to be concerned about is that person drawing me away unless you know that you are you are spiritual enough and that you can take that on but if you don't know that that's the that's a risk that's not worth taking the sacrifice is not worth taking okay so these are just practical responsibilities another one is is watch what you give attention to the attention factor. You've heard me minister on it many times. The attention factor. What you give attention to will grow and develop. Remember this whole thing. What's the definition of spiritual maturity? Is when your spirit man overrides your flesh every time. And so we've said what you feed will get stronger. You feed your spirit, it gets stronger. You feed your flesh, it gets stronger. So... Pay close attention to what you're giving attention to. If you are constantly giving attention to the world, if you're constantly giving attention to your problems, if you're constantly giving attention to that type of music and, and, and that type of uh, TV and, and that type of stuff on the Internet and those type of friends, that's what's going to come out of you. But if you pay close attention to the Word and apply the Word and live by the Word and dwell in the Word, 
then when that, when the tough times come, the word's what's going to come out. When that opportunity comes to exercise self-control, the word will come out. When the time comes to exercise peace rather than anxiety, the word will come out. When the time comes to exercise love rather than hate, the word will come out. So pay attention to the word. Make the word a priority in your life. That's your diet. Anybody ate today? Anybody eaten more than once today? My hand's still up. We pay attention to our natural, physical flesh. We got to do the same for our spirit, man. I'm not saying read the Bible three times a day. I'm saying give attention to it. It's your daily bread. It's what gives you life. It's your life source. It's what gives you energy. Some of us just get just straight up tired when tests and trials come. We have no energy to fight a battle. No energy to put on the armor of God. We got all the resource. We got everything available to us. And we have no energy. Ah, just another problem. Another bill. Another person at work that hates me. We have no energy to fight it and to apply the word because we haven't put the word in us. There's no energy. There's no resource. But man, when you start eating the word, you start chewing on the word, meditating on the word, giving attention to the word, man, you'll find you're just equipped and ready. You're ready to go. Bring it. You ever seen those people? They're just like, Ali, what kind of pills did you take today? I'm ready for life. I'm re- let's go right now. Let's do it. Do what? I'm just eating breakfast. That's the problem. Just get excited and just high strung. I'm ready. Let's do it. That's what you want to be on the inside. That's what, what that's what you want your spirit man to be. Whatever the devil has to bring, I'm ready for it. And that's why we got to be spiritually strong. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that as we apply your word, as we apply the things that we've heard tonight, I thank you that you are going to bring this word back to our remembrance. You said that your Holy Spirit, he will guide us into all truth. He'll bring those things to our remembrance, the things that you have spoken, your words, Father. We thank you that as we live by your words, apply your words, uh, 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 begin to act on the word. Even when it's hard, even when it's tough, Father, I thank you that Uh, the word will become alive in us. It'll become active in us. I thank you, Father, for every person here that has a true desire and passion to grow in the things of God. I thank you, Father, that as uh, they are uh, giving attention to your word, that that growth and development takes place, that they find themselves stronger than before. They find themselves ready to take on things uh, in, in, in the spirit realm that they never felt they could take on before because they're strengthened, they're equipped, and they're edified by the Word of God. I thank you here for every person's passion and desire to grow and to develop. I thank you that you will honor that and that as we apply the things that we've heard throughout this series, that we will begin to grow up spiritually, become strong, become developed for the kingdom of God. We thank you for everything that you're doing in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen.